Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, along with my co-host, Doug Crockett, and we are the voice of hope, healing, and miracles. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? I'm doing great. We're so excited about this. We want to thank our sponsors, the Mindful Lab, where you can find clarity, connection, and peace. Go to mindfullab.net. You need you guys listened to last week's show. She was amazing. Also, the Sunshine Family Hemp, nature's side of health. Find them at the sunshinefamilyhemp.com. I've been using their products. Love their products. Please listen to all the remarkable miracle stories on our own Doug Crockett's YouTube channel called Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth. He's just put some new ones on there that I cried all the way through. And I cry. It was, it was amazing. As a reminder, if you have any suggestions or comments, please email me at contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. We want to welcome you back to our second year on the Voice American Network, the Vitality Health Show. And we invite you to listen to all of our shows on demand. You can go back and listen to the past shows from last year. They're all amazing. I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Jenny Ritchie. Her new book, The Book on Joy, is out today on Amazon. Check it out. She and her mother who wrote the book will be our guests soon on our show. Our guests today are Josh and Shannon Nelson. They're joining us from Florida. Their precious daughter, Layla, drowned in their backyard pool over a year ago. It was such a tragedy, and they have gone through all the steps to pull through as a family and are now helping and healing many other families, teaching them how to navigate through their grief and their loss. Please welcome to our show, Josh and Shannon Nelson. Thank you and welcome to, for you guys to be here. We love it. Hey, thanks, well, Stephanie. We appreciate it. So I've known these guys for a long time. I got the opportunity to meet them nine years ago, I guess it probably was. Whoa. In Canada, we were working with some doTERRA oils and just got to be really good friends and we've kept in touch. And I'm just so grateful they moved back to the States and they live in Florida and have had an amazing, amazing run, but have had quite the tragedy happen in the last year and a little bit of April, right? It was April of last year. And year. And a half, yeah. A year and a half. And, and, of course, this is tender to my heart because I just lost my husband too. I, I can't even imagine losing a child. It's hard enough losing a spouse to lose a child. So without further ado, I want you to go ahead and Doug, did you want to make a comment? I just agree. I appreciate what you're saying. I can understand and feel what you, what you experienced. Um, a phrase that I kind of use often is it's called going into spiritual graduate school uh, when you have to apply the things you've learned before. We've, we've heard all the lessons and what have you, but now we need to apply them to help us feel better. And that's kind of what you're in the middle of and what you're doing with your foundation. So I'm excited to hear uh, your story for all of us. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm going to have you, before we get started, I want our listeners out there to get a pay, pen and a paper so you can write this down. Would you please tell them what your foundation is and how they can get hold of you? Like I said, we've just been talking before we came on that we've know of two or three other children that have just drowned in the last couple of weeks that, I mean, this is not exclusive to you guys. Unfortunately, it's, it's maybe it's because we're more aware of it or we're hearing more of it or not sure what's happening, right. but 
you guys, I'd like for you guys to give your contact information with and your foundation so people can write it down and then we'll repeat it again. We just want to make sure that everybody's very aware of it. Totally. Great. Yeah, our foundation is called Survivors um, and it's spelled S-R-V-I-V-R-S. And our motto is we serve others so we can survive. Um, we'll, we'll be talking a lot about that, but uh, what we do as survivors, uh, I'll brief, we help families who've gone through loss. Um, and what we found out is the only way to get through something like this is you've got to put yourself into service of others by really helping others. You really save yourself. Um, and you bring the legacy of your child that continues with you. And that's kind of what the hope of every parent, that they want their child to continue to live with them in some way through memory, thought, and, and actions. Yeah, and so to find us on Survivors, though, we have a Facebook following, and it is just Survivors, like we said, S-R-V-I-R-S, spelled Survivors, basically, like he was saying. We also have an Instagram called We Are Survivors, W-E-R-S-R-V-I-R-S, and then um, we have a, um, sorry, we have also a YouTube channel where we have all of the speakers that we've had come join us. It's all about loss of losing children, um, parents, all that. And then we also have a website called www.survivors.com. So you can come follow us. Fantastic. Day. Thank you so much for doing this. And I agree awesome. with you. Serving Thanks others. For having us, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And your service is fantastic. What a, what a fantastic, perfect idea. Thank you. It is. And, and, you know, it's interesting because through my loss and my grief, Service doing this show has been one of the things that's really, really helped me. I, it, I just before my husband passed was when Doug and I were talking about him coming on as a co-host and how we're going to mm -hmm. do it, what we're going to change the show up to, to miracles, a lot more miracles. And, and he came, he drove over to where I live in Southern Idaho and met my husband and we just laid yep. all this out. And then my husband dies. And there you go. And it's that like, was wonderful meeting you guys. You're both <laughs> just wonderful. And, and it was a, a tragic and, and again, straight into spiritual graduate school. Okay, what does this mean? What's going on? And having to get through it with service. So well, well said. With, with service. So this, so the show, I feel this show is very much of service. And if we can touch one person or help one person or give one person an avenue to follow that, that has gone through tragedy or grief or whatever they're going through, that's the whole goal of this show. And that's why I'm so grateful to have you guys on the show with me. Of course, I love you and you know that. And I'm just so grateful to be able to be talking to you like this in this capacity because you have just changed so many people's lives, so many people's lives, probably many that you don't even realize. But mm -hmm. we were just talking before about this is the first time you've come on since, since Layla passed away. And I was on that show with you. I watched your funeral. I, I knew exactly what happened. And this is the first time you're going to tell really the details of what happened that day. And yeah, we talked about it right after it happened. You know, we shared on Facebook because we felt like there's so many people, like 72,000 people that were praying for Layla when we thought that yeah. our prayers would be answered. And we had and over, uh, over close to 80,000 people that viewed the funeral, which is uh, outrageous. Oh, no. I mean, I only know wow. like five people in my life, so I don't know. <laughs> Right. And so that's, that's why we honestly felt like we wanted to share our story online. Lots of people would say, why would you share it online? And that was the reason why, because we had so many people praying for us, so many messages coming in and them serving us without even knowing that was a service to us. But during that hardest time of your life, we had messages coming in just of support, of love, of continual like 
um, just telling people that they are caring about us, you know, and that really got us through, even though we were at the, you know, the darkness of all dark. We had people from the Philippines that wrote us a song. People contacted us from England, from Europe, um, literally across the world, all through the States, the East Coast, West Coast, through uh, South and uh, North America. So we had uh, amazing outreach and just been overwhelmed by the support of so many people. So the service of others truly helped us during that hard, hard time. And that's why we just share the story. And like we were saying, we haven't shared the story with all the details. Now it's a year and a half later for a long time. So this will be, it'll be hard. It'll be emotional, but it'll be good. Some of these tears are good tears, right? <laughs> tears are a good thing. No problem with yeah, that. Well, I, I have my box cry. of tissues. I keep them with me at all times. And I warned everybody when I was doing my Facebook live and my Instagram live, get your tissues, be ready. <laughs> so without, without taking any more time, I want you to go ahead and start your story. Tell us what happened. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll start off. Um, first of all, we moved out here years ago from Canada. Um, my wife's from uh, born and raised in Canada and uh, we're out there. I just told her one winter, I said, babe, this is the coldest place on earth. And we were in Edmonton. It hit literally a negative 50 degrees. And I'm not even exaggerating. It wow. literally hit a negative 50. And I told her, I'm like, I don't care what people say about Canadians. They are tough. I, I don't know how humans survive like this. And I told her, I can't do this anymore. Um, I kind of went through a really bad um, seasonal kind of blue. And so we decided to uh, make the route into a warmer place. And so I started checklisting places I didn't want to go. And I, I was from Utah and I did not want to go back to the winter. So we looked through California, all through the coastline for about three years until we came across Florida. So we moved out to Florida. We loved it. Uh, we started going to beaches. And uh, at that time we had four, um, four children and um, we were up to literally our neck with kids. We had uh, uh, was a seven-year-old, five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old. And, uh, and I told my wife, like, babe, we have four kids. And she's like, honey, I think we need to have another kid. I'm like, we are drowning with children. Like, like, what, like what are we going to do? Have you ever seen that comedian, Jim Gaffigan? He says, what's it like having five kids? Yes. Imagine yourself drowning and someone hands you a baby. I literally yep. felt like that. Um, and so my wife kept um, talking about it over and over and over again. So back up just a little bit. Um, I had this just an impression and I just felt like there, there's probably another child up there, you know, and I'm turning 40 soon. Well, I was turning, you know, 38. And I was thinking I'm getting older and the gaps are getting bigger. We need to think about this. And so months later I came to him, I said, are you ready? And he says, do you know what? I think that I am ready. Come to find out. Well, for I said ready <laughs> after she's been asking me for months and months and months and months. And, uh, <laughs> and then she said, uh, I said, I'm, I think we're ready. And um, we actually found out that she was actually three months along. And so I didn't <laughs> know about that time. So heaven doesn't so, wait. <laughs> yeah. And so God had other plans for us that we had no idea about. I didn't know I was pregnant. That's kind of how it is, though. My pregnancies are very great, which is a very big blessing from God that I've been able to have easy pregnancies. But that was a big shocker to us. And we were so excited, though. We thought this is basically finished off the caboose of our family. We knew that this was our last one. Josh was yeah. like, I was happy to get that. And I was just like, okay, we can be done now. You know, <laughs> we, so we found out it was a girl after several months in and we're like, great. We have uh, three boys, two girls. This would be fantastic. Right. And then the, some interesting things started taking place. Um, we had a major, major issue finding her name. It like, it took us 
countless hours. Uh, I went to family, right before friends, left the hospital that we found out. What we're and, uh, and finally, the day before I went to the hospital, my twin brother contacted me and he said, there is a song by Eric Clapton called um, Layla. And he's like, I just think that would be the most beautiful name for a girl. And I'm like, <laughs> Layla? And then I started listening to it. My wife's like, really? And then when she was born, she looked like a Layla. And we couldn't, couldn't resist. So we called her Layla and we used to, we'd sing to her all the time. And that was her song. And uh, <laughs> so our little girl cool. came to our life um, as a blessing. And I, I had a little guilt for me because I, I was mad that I, I, at first I, you know, I thought we were done because this girl had so much love to her. We have several children. And every, they're all amazing and incredible. And as every parent knows, every little angel comes with their own personality and their gift. Yeah. But Layla had a gift that was like no other. She could smile and light up a room. Um, I just, I'll talk a couple about things about her. And when we'd go to, uh, when she was little, we'd go to places and people were like, I've never seen a baby smile so big in my life. And I, I'm just like, I know, I know. I, she just really loves her dad. <laughs> That's what I tell you. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> everywhere, she, everywhere we went, though, we'd always say she sparks joy. She sparks joy. Like there'd be people that would just be grumpy, you know, and then all of a sudden she'd just be like, hi, hi, hi. And everyone would just smile and light up the room. And she had a gift about her where she lived every day wonderfully. Like she, she basically was into everything, but we let her be into everything. She was our last child. And we're just like, you know what? This is it, you know? So let, <laughs> let her just have fun and she was always giggling and laughing and she really loved people really hardly too. So we would go to grocery stores and um, everyone knows when you go to grocery stores, we live in an area where there's a lot of retired gentlemen. And, and I always call them the hurting seniors where there's guys that seem like they're in a ton of pain, real grumpy, don't look down at the ground and just like life is miserable. And I would play a little game with Layla and I'm like, Layla, say hi to this guy. And we'd go down this aisle and she'd say, hi. And he would look up and so I'd cut, try it a couple times. By the second or third time, she'd say hi. And this gentleman would look up, smile, and then he'd start like playing with this little, uh, you know, a year and a half year old girl because she was so delightful. And she just had a spark like no other to her. My wife. Uh, Here's a picture. This is our little Layla. Isn't Wonderful. that beautiful? She's so and her pretty. smile is just is like so heavenly. You know? Oh, I should say. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. For our and listeners, she's holding up a picture. You can't see it. So watch it on Facebook tonight. Yes. Yes. And so we, we, we had, she had a charisma to her that was unlike any other. For example, in the morning, she'd crawl out of bed. And when she'd go over there, she'd tug on my finger. And that meant that it's time for her to um, have mom's breakfast. And then after she drank, she turned to me and pulled my finger. And that means it was time for fruit. And I would take her down to our fridge. And we did that every morning. And she put her 10 uh, raspberries and grapes in her mouth. And then it was straight to the pool. And she was a pool girl. So she swam almost every day with her siblings or with myself. She was always out there, always swimming and, you know, the life jackets and everything. Um, but that was the thing is she was 19 and a half months when we, you know, our story changed completely. And that's when... You know, you think your life is going well. Me and Josh looked at each other and we said, do you know what? I think our life is seriously amazing right now. You know how you go through ups and downs in life? We right. felt like our life was literally at this part where we were just joyful in every aspect of our life. And I thought to myself, I thought, I did have this kind of feeling like, man, when things are going so well, something bad's going to happen. You know, I did have that feeling just a little bit before it happened. But I remember the moment that it did happen. We were, you know, we were here at the house here in Florida and we were all swimming 
and just back up that a, a week before this, we had a conversation. We were watching a movie called mm -hmm. Emma, and it was about um, a, a gentleman and his wife who's a modern prophet that lost all their children. And I turned to my wife right after the movie and I said, babe, I could go through anything in this world. I could lose our house. We could lose our career, our job, everything. But the one thing I can't go through is a loss as a child. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how people do that. That is one thing I can't go through. And afterwards, we started to cry right after we watched that movie, didn't we? Yeah. And we thanked our blessings that we didn't have a trial like wow. that in our life. Because at this moment, financially, we finally got to the point where we were able to uh, be financially free, uh, something that we've struggled with our whole life and that we focused on. And we were at the point that we thought we arrived. We, we made it in life. You know, we, we had our debts down, cars paid for, and we thought that we were living this life that we could uh, be abundant with our kids and spend time. And uh, seven days later, our entire world changed. Yeah, and so this time we had spent the whole whole day, which is so crazy because all of our family was together and we're like, do you know what, it's a Saturday. Let's all just kind of hang out in the pool, you know. And or no, it was Tuesday, sorry. And um during COVID, so you know, the kids are homeschooling and everything, and it's kind of and I really enjoyed the COVID time because my kids were home and I really enjoyed being a mom and being really involved with them. And Layla would always just be playing around us and everything like that, but we just kind of took everything aside. Joshua and we got pizza and everything, and we were all out in our swimsuits having a really, really wonderful day. And when I say wonderful day, I think of it like as a perfect day. Like when you think of your days, that I want you all day. to mm -hmm. think of your perfect days. And if you're not having perfect days, you need to create your perfect days because right now, every day that we have is our future. And I truly believe that if we're not creating these moments where we can look back and say, that was a perfect day, then we will never have them. But I can look back and honestly say that was a perfect day because we were just, everyone was smiling, happy. There was no fighting. And I loved it. And as well I look said, back, I, I love remember. That. I love that. Create your perfect day. That's, I wrote that down. Thank you. So did I. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. And um, so at this moment, I was outside with the kids and so was Josh. And we just, we even had a videotape, which is crazy because four days before that, we had one of our caught friends come by and he fixed our surveillance cameras in the backyard. He came by as a friend, not yes, anything a friend. else, just he came. <laughs> yeah, he came by as a friend. We're like, hey, can you fix it? He's, he's, no, That's right. he's a tech guy. And so that kind of goes, plays more into the story later on. Right. But he came by just as a friend and he fixed it for us. So it kind of shows the whole um, area. He's like, your okay. cameras are down, bud. Let me just help you fix them. So he, we did, we fixed, we got them um, fixed. And that day when I was at the pool, um, I, I've only had a few like, I would say impressions, maybe people call them like, you know, um, insights or so forth. But I was sitting there and I just had this impression to talk to my sister that I haven't talked to in a long time. So I decided, uh, I'm like, why do I need to talk to her? I just have this feeling to call her right now. So I started calling, I called my sister and we got in a very, very deep conversation. And it was so loud that I was sitting right by the edge of our runoff pool and our hot tub and our, our hot tub is connected to our pool. And I got up and I walked into the bathroom and I started having a conversation there because any man or father that has any kids knows that there is no safe place in your house unless <laughs> behind a bathroom door that's locked. I, 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 that's the only place that people don't go to. So I went in there to talk to my sister and, and that's where Shannon, uh, our, our story kind of starts. So our little boys were actually out doing cotton candy. They were making cotton candy. So my kids were just jumping. My older kids were just jumping. 
And I wasn't even in the pool at this time. I was actually sitting on the side, looking at the whole entire area. And our pool area is pretty big. And so from the, we only have one door that opens and it's our kitchen area and that door. And Layla hadn't really learned how to open the doors or anything yet. And everything was open because all of us were out there already, you know. And so Layla had been swimming all day and we hadn't put her into a baby or her diaper was full. Okay. Her diaper was full. And she like literally like scooted down to take a little poop. And I was like, oh, darn it. We got to go clean you up. And so I grabbed her. I took off her life jacket and I took her into the house and I ran into the bathroom where Josh was. And I'm like, hey, you need to get off because I need to, you know, wipe her butt. And so I put her on for the first time and she was freaking out because she does not like the toilet, you know, and I was just like, we just need to wipe you off a little bit here. And so I cleaned her up and everything. And then I, I looked at Josh and, and he was on the phone. So he wasn't really probably focusing on me. And I said, Hey, can you watch her while I go back outside? Cause the kids kept on yelling for me, mom, come back, mom, come back. And I, and I'm like a very one track mind person. Like <laughs> I, I, I wish I could say I'm, I'm a, a little bit of a multitasker, but that would be a complete lie. Mm-hmm. I, I can only do <laughs> one thing at a time. And so uh, I was on the phone and um, I, I honestly don't recall ever Shannon say anything. I, I was in this, I was in there. I saw that she had an issue. She, she was taking care of Layla and um, I walked out, turned my back, talking to my sister and I'm like, I need to go upstairs. And so that's why. So this is where our miscommunication did happen. And as any parent knows, it is easy to miscommunicate this because kids are running around the house all the time. Right. And so I thought he had her, he thought I had her. And I did go out the door and I closed the door behind me and I was with the kids because they kept on calling for me. And so here I am sitting on the side of the pool area, seeing the whole entire area, even the hot tub that's over in the little corner that's attached to the big pool area. And my little son, Preston, who was eight years old. No, he was probably seven at that time, seven years old. He was kind of coming around me, showing me his cotton candy. And then he kind of looped around. And then he was just standing at the pool at the hot tub area. And I remember him saying, Layla, Layla. And I said, what? Layla's inside the house with daddy. He said, no, Layla's down there. And I said, what? So I ran over as fast as I could. And I saw my little baby girl that was 19 and a half months. Her body floating on the bottom, not even floating, but all the way down to the bottom of the pool. And I remember for a second, I didn't even clinch I didn't even do anything but I just screamed as loud as I could and I just went and swept her out with my arms and uh at that moment I was literally having conversations with my sister upstairs and um I uh I heard the worst scream I've ever heard and I, I say this because um I've never experienced um PTSD I, I I've never been anything but um that is something that's kind of haunted me ever since and I heard a scream that was so loud that I literally ran out of there and I ran downstairs. And uh, as I turned the corner, we have a kind of uh, open glass windows showing our pool. I saw my wife holding my little baby that was blue and she was, her neck was uh, down. Shannon was screaming and I ran over there and I didn't notice at the time, but I'll t- know, I, I, I had nothing on. Uh, literally, I, I, I had nothing on, but I didn't know it. And I ran out there and I started getting her CPR. And I started, I told everyone, go find doctors. We have two doctors that live next door to us. And so as I started CPR, this was a hard, hard moment for me because uh, I obviously I've taken classes. I've been a coach. Um, I, I got a degree in exercise science where you kind of had to go through. So I, I knew the basics. I've, I've worked on mannequins before. And I, under, I knew that like, if you don't do it hard enough, it's not effective. 
But I've read places where it says sometimes you may feel the cracking of your, the bones of a child. Yeah. We do CPR. And as I'm giving CPR, I felt the, her bones cracking. And, and she started vomiting. And I'll keep water after water. It, my family was about, running around for about 10 minutes. And I was left there for 10 minutes giving her CPR where my wife's on 911 going to place to place. And I'm just pleading with my healthy father to please help me, help me. If anything, to um, take my life instead of hers. And as I was sitting there, I, I repeat this over and over and over again and until for about 10 minutes. Um, and my wife came back and uh, a, a doctor they found for my little boy. And she came over and took over. And um, she started giving CPR. And finally, the ambulance came. And when I'm sitting there, I'm in shock. And my little girl grabs me a towel and says, Dad, put this on. And I realized I was, I was exposed this whole time. And I say that because that's how out of it I was. I, I had, I, that scream it shook me to my core. I, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know uh, where I was at. I literally just heard danger. I ran. And then I saw this. And um, that is when our, our life really dramatically uh, changed. And so what was hard too is all of our kids were out there at the same time. So every single one of my children, all four of them, um, 10 and 11 and below, you know, saw this happening. And that haunted me because I was like, do I get them away from here? But all they wanted to do was help. My son was like, what can I do? You know, and he just, he was the one that was on the phone call. And then I grabbed the phone and they were all running around trying to get help from all of our neighbors. And there was yelling and everything. And we just wanted as much help as we could have. And why I say that is because when tragedy like this hits, you don't even know what you're doing. You just go into crazy mode and that's what you want is help. And I remember just yes. looking at Josh Thank and he was doing as much as he could during this time. And I was so grateful that he took over because I don't know if I would have been able to as a mom. Of course you do what you have to, but I was so glad that he took over because I was so at awe with everything that was going on. And I was so terrified and sad. And I honestly believed that she was going to be okay because when they came, they took over and they said, okay, you know, this, they hear a, a small they, heartbeat they, is they, what they saw. They, they, so. got a, they got a small pulse back and they said, we found a pulse. Um, but the, 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 the meat, the, the, the interesting about this is that uh, when our neighbor came over as a doctor, uh, afterwards I said, thank you so much for coming over. And she says, it was your son, your boy, your four-year-old. Uh, stayed at my house for minutes at a time and just kept knocking, knocking. Why Shannon went from one house and to another. I had another. no idea. I was looking all around because they weren't answering. He stayed there the whole time because that's where his buddy lives. And, and so, so he stayed there and he's the one that found the doctor. And so our, all of our little ones come here and the ambulance come there. And what the ambulance come, I've, I've never experienced this, but when this situation happens, uh, police, they treat it as a crime scene. So they literally, they come in and you're not allowed to get your phone, your wallet or any dress. They literally take you by the arm and they take you out and then they block off everything. They put tape around here and they basically don't let you go back in the house because they, they have to investigate for a crime scene. And uh, Wow. Yeah, so I know that we're <laughs> getting to the break area right we now. We are so. getting to a hard break and I, I want to hold that because I know that there was some crazy stuff that happened. And remember, our listeners, this is during COVID. Right. right. So everything's locked down. Nobody's allowed to do anything. People aren't able to go anywhere. And this is what you guys are facing. Besides having your daughter just drown in the pool, you're dealing with the COVID stuff that's out there. Correct. too. It was April 7th, 2020 when this happened. Oh, man. The right in the of middle of it. So we're yep. going to we're going to yep. come back. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You obviously want to stay and listen to the rest of the story. It's just amazing. And your strength and your power and. And I know just going through tragedy, the 
you just need people around you because you're not thinking straight. Right. And you just need help. And then to what you guys went through after that is just crazy. But we'll be back in just a few minutes. Everybody stay tuned. We don't want you to miss a thing of the show. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Isn't it interesting how we can be physically disconnected from others and yet be personally affected by the change and confusion of the world around us? We want moments of clarity and peace, and we need to feel connected to others in positive ways. A mindfulness practice can help decrease stress, increase feelings of well-being, and help us be more connected to those around us. To find out how mindfulness can do all this, go to mindfullab.net. You'll find tools and resources to start your mindfulness journey today at mindfullab.net. If you're looking for the highest quality CBD products on the market, visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Sunshine Family Hemp is a family-owned business located in the mountains of northern Utah. Our full-spectrum oral and topical products contain no artificial ingredients and are third-party tested by a DEA-certified lab. Online ordering is easy, and we ship nationwide. Sunshine Family Hemp has been in business since 2019 and is legally certified at both the state and federal level. Visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You're listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, friends. We're so happy to have you here. Our guests today are Shannon and Josh Nielsen. They are joining us from Florida. They've been friends of mine for a long, long time. I've been watching their story unfold. As those of you that had listened to the first part of the show know that their daughter, Layla, had a drowning accident in their home pool uh, in April of 2020 or 2020. 2020. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, it's been a year and a half and they have got tragedy stories but also miracle stories that have all happened with this and we're just going to pick right back up because we want to get as much of this in as we can but before we start again tell them again your contact information real quick how they can follow you and anybody that is a survivor of any tragedy they've got a survivors group that is just phenomenal so this group is for anybody who has lost anyone who is going through a hard time anything that is hard we welcome um, our foundation is basically called Survivors, but we spell it differently. So it is S-R-V-I-V-R-S. And you can find us on Facebook. 
You can find us on YouTube, on YouTube, our, all of our videos and everything. And then on Instagram, it's we are survivors with the letter R. So S-R-V-I-R-S. Yeah. And, uh, and our foundation is a group of all the parents on there that have all lost a child. Um, and it's on wow. our board. Wow. So um, kind of to continue on where we're at, we, uh, at this time that we're taking place, we, the ambulance came and took her away. And, and um, my wife went out there and I was left behind with the children. I just ran out there and they told me I could not get in and I threw a big fit because I was so mad. I was like, let me see my child. Let me see my child. And then one of my friends just said, go into my um, car. And so we just ran, ran as fast as we could there, even knowing her vehicle showed up there and they would not let me see her. And I was seriously so mad. I was like, I need to see my baby. When you don't know if she's going to survive or not, that is a whole different experience because you're asking questions and they won't tell you anything. And as a mother, that's the only thing you need to know. You're like, I want to be with my baby the whole entire time, you know? And yeah. so Josh was left with the kids and it was a completely different experience there, but we were not able to contact each other because his phone was left inside the house. And I couldn't get on. So they had to do a, uh, a murder investigation. So I did, uh, they had the lead detective came three hours later and had to walk me through each room and they had to go through each site to make sure that um, we didn't plan this, that wasn't orchestrated or anything. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I just lost my child. And I'm going to know she was gone yet. Well, at that time, <laughs> at that time I, I thought, I, I mean, because I didn't hear news, I was thinking the worst and I'm right. like, and I'm having to describe this guy to this, why, you know, uh, what happened. And I'm like, I don't know anything. Literally. I, all I heard is a scream. And, um, so we went through everywhere and where she threw up, we had to, we had to go there. And anyway, to make a long story short, it was a nightmare. And I, I, I felt very less like, am I at fault here? And uh, after that interview, uh, we had to rush to the hospital. We went to the hospital, child um, services. So she actually got life flighted um, from the hospital that we were at. She was there for about an hour and they kept on trying right. to wait. And they said, we need to life flight her. And so they tried to get her as fast as they could, but they weren't moving as fast as you want them to. You're like, come on, just move, right. you know, and go, they just keep go. on waiting. Mm -hmm. And at this moment, I literally believed that she was going to survive because they said, she's going to be okay. You know, they give you all this hope and everything. And for a moment, I didn't even think that she'd pass away. And so me and Josh, we had to go drive an hour and a half away to the next hospital, you know, the specialty hospital. It was a specialty where, people, where they take drowning victims. And when we went there, um, they didn't let us in for the first, because of COVID for the first three hours. So oh we're just outside God. the hospital, yeah. literally in the driveway, um, just praying. And then they allowed us one to go in. And then um, while one was in, uh, I got interviewed by child services and they had to go through and to see what type of parents we were. They asked us like, interview our kids. That's the kids. last they thing said, you want to be. Oh, I was going so mad about that. I was like, are you asked, seriously doing that yeah. right now? She asked like, do you spank your kids? Do you guys have oh temper? Are you violent? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking that my daughter is literally 50 feet away in this hospital dying. And I'm getting interviewed, putting on trial here. And it was oh really goodness. hard for me. Um, but with that said, my buddy who was a, was a police officer, he said, Josh, this is protocol. They have to do this because okay. sometimes there are people in this world that don't have good intentions. So don't take it personal. And when Cases he said that, play. Yeah. that, that absolutely made me kind of calm down. It's like they have a job. They're just going through protocol. Um, and at this time, all I can think about is like, can I just see my daughter? And so they finally let us in up there. And, um, and the nurse is great because she did let us both in at that time. And but walking into a room that you have no idea how you're going to see your daughter, they hadn't told us any information. We walked in and she was on the bed, completely naked with a diaper on. 
and she was lifeless. Like, yeah, she had her eyes kind of open, but they were like, not, there's no contact with you. She also had, they had to put some wires on her head so they could actually active, like see all the activity that was going on. She was having little seizures too, that she just got kind of like that. And they told me every time she did that, it was affecting the brain. And so we were trying to stop them, but there's no way that you can stop them. So as parents, all you want to do is stop them. And so we were just praying and praying. And, you know, this is where we sat down, actually. And we said, we need to ask as many people as we can for prayers. And Josh looked and at I, me and said, Shannon. And I'm not a social media person. And I, I actually, I, on purpose, I, I don't do that because I, I, from my experience, I tell my wife I've seen more harm than good sometimes, it seems, on there. But at that moment, I said, babe, I don't care. I want you to contact as many people as you can. And I want as many people to pray for our little daughter. And so she reached out. So this to is kind of wife. one of the miracles, actually, is I looked down on my phone and I don't follow very many people because I was not on social media before. And there was this group and it had like 5,000 people, no, 500,000 people that followed it. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm just going to put this as a request. Like, follow, please pray for Layla. You know, she's in critical condition. And I'll tell you after that, that's where so many people came to pray because it was kind of like this group of people that all they did was pray. And there's all of these messages that were coming, ding, 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 ding throughout the whole time. And that actually got us through for that day because people were, were kind of following our story. But as we were out there, we were holding our daughter, you know, just touching her and just being right there with her and praying and hoping for the best. But as the doctors would come in, you know, there were certain doctors that would be like, I don't know if she's going to make it, you yeah. know? And, and then after two days, uh, they said, guys, we don't know. And then they broke us up and they said, we, we allowed you to be as long as you can, you two together. together. But now one of you has to leave. And so I turned to my wife and I'm like, babe, I know you can't leave. I'm like, I'll leave. And I don't want to leave. I want to stay there. But I, I knew my wife was just like, I, there's no way she was letting go of her little daughter's right. hand. So we have some friends that live by. We went over there. I, I took a nap for the first time in, in, I don't know, 36 hours. Um, and we actually had devoted, we said we were not going to stop fasting and praying until she came home with us. And I truly believed I had so much faith that she would survive. I had so much faith that there wasn't even an ounce of God taking her away from me is what I believed in some And we even, we contacted our kids, our oldest son, he told me, he's like, dad, you got to have faith. You talk Mm -hmm. about faith, but dad, you got to believe now. She will make it. And my heart started sinking. Um, I come from a medical family. My two brothers, uh, my oldest brother is a surgeon. My twin brothers is PA. And and my whole family didn't come out because of COVID restriction, except for my twin brother. And he uh, put himself and his, and his career in jeopardy because he said he had to go because it was his twin brother. He came out here and he just told me, bud, I see this all the time. He says, you have to prepare yourself for the worst. 99% these don't turn out. And you've got to prepare to make sure your kids are okay. And more important that your wife, because you've got to prepare for the worst. And um, I just looked at him. I said, what do I do? And he says, bud, you just have to find strength somehow. And that's where I got on my knees, and I, my father passed away when I was a boy. And um, I, I said a prayer, and I said, Dad, I've never asked you for anything in my entire life, ever, since a boy. But please help me right now. Please help in any way. And um, a few minutes after that, they said, Sir, you've got to get your wife here because your daughter is going into uh, compulsions, and she's not going to make it in the next hour. So I called my wife. I'm like, you need to get here right now. And I had a situation actually before this where I actually knew that God's will had to take over. Um, when I was by myself, just this is probably five hours before when Joshua leave me, 
I mean, I was there and I literally believed that she was going to come home with me and I was preparing for a child who would come home with, you know, mental disabilities. And I would probably have to feed her the rest of my life and be her second hands. And we, we, and we were ready, we, we for, were ready it. for that. We Even though it's hard to say you're for ready that. for that. We, That's what we wanted. That was the outcome. We were like, as long as she's with us, yes. we will, we will, we will go down that path. <laughs> I know that's a hard journey too, but that's what we wanted. And we knew that I would have to be that way. And so I remember walking into the bathroom and I remember looking at myself for a second and I started to just bawl. And it was as if God looked at me and said, Shannon, I know what you want, but your will is not my will. And I, I struggled with that. I said, God, how could your will not be to keep her here with me? There's nothing better that I want. I will do anything. And I started to try to make promises with him. Like, I promise I will devote my life to you. I promise I will do this. And did everything I could. And I crawled up on that ground and I just bawled. And I remember saying, God, I can't do this. I'm sorry. This is one thing I can't do for you. I've tried my whole life to honor you and love you and show you through my actions, but this I cannot do. And I remember God saying, you know, through your thoughts and everything and just how he speaks to you. He said, you don't have to do it. I'm going to help you. And I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember he basically had to lift my arms and say, we're going to do it together and I'll be your strength. And I literally remember walking out of that bathroom knowing my little girl would die. And I never told Josh that, but I left letting him have his time with her. And so when I got that phone call, I just went right in the car and I said, we have to leave right now. She's dying. She's going to die. And so as as she was uh, passing away, I had a sweet nurse grab my hand and I was singing her favorite song. Her favorite song is called I'm a Child of God. And uh, halfway through the song, I couldn't finish. This sweet nurse puts her arm around me and she starts singing the song for me. I'm like, how do you know this song? And she says, uh, I'm a member of your same church in Tampa. I don't know you, but I also know this song. And she sang that song to my little girl as she passed away. And uh, it was really touching for me. And, uh, and then about five minutes later, I did arrive. And I remember during COVID, they don't let anyone in, but my dad and my mom were with me. And they just barely came from Canada. And they thought they wouldn't be able to get in. But the people actually said, you guys just run up as fast as you can because they knew that the minutes were striking down. And yeah. I remember running up those stairs. And I remember entering the room and I, running over to her side and grabbing her hand and putting my head on her chest. And I could still hear her heartbeat, you know through her machine and everything, but her heart was still beating. And I was telling her that I loved her and that I wish that she could be with us forever and that she will be. But I remember putting my head down and I did not feel any heartbeat. And I remember at that moment, I knew she was gone. I knew she had returned to her Heavenly Father. And I knew she was in good hands. And what is crazy about this is I had peace, but it was different than I ever thought it would be. It was peace from God, knowing that she was in a good place, but knowing that this would be my trial the rest of my life to have this void of Layla in our life. So, and so that started this journey that we're on. And uh, I, I mean, we we have so much more we can. We can't really share everything, and so we're going to have to like we we could go into so much more detail. But part um, two. Yep. Um, Do it again. But but we but what happened after that really changed our life. Um, uh, if you've ever been in a situation where you see your soul leaving your life, when you see your, your, uh, your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions literally crumble before you um, in an essence of a child, uh, because people don't realize until you lose a child that death isn't just death with a child. It's a part of your soul. You literally help create a, a life. And when part of your soul leaves, you feel like part of your 
existence is leaving with well you. Said. And um, as that was happening, I've never been to such a deep pit of sorrow. And there was some darkness that happened. And, and I tell my wife, um, you know, if we read in the scriptures, they talk about the gnashing, wailing of teeth when people are in sorrow. And, and uh, when my wife realized that our baby was gone, I, I've never heard so, so much grief from a mother. Right. <laughs> and she lost her baby, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, my father-in-law's crying, my mother-in-law, and I'm like, Josh, is this the life that you're going to live? Is this the sorrow? And, and for the next 30 minutes, I just thought to myself, I don't know how we can do this. And, and I share this, and I want to make this really clear to make not light of anything, but just everybody has different gifts. My personality is very unique, and I understand that. <laughs> And what I'm about to share you, I hope you can take this and not think of anything of disrespectful or rude, but this is the only way I know how to cope with in life, the only way. And as I was sitting there, I had this impression that says, Daddy, you better change this or this is going to be bad for you and mom forever. And so the only thing I can think of whenever I get really, really sad is that you can laugh or I can cry at things. And at that moment, I decided to do a joke. Um, our daughter's been dead for what that means 45 minutes, an hour. We had, we had eight hours with her, her dead body just to hold her and dress her and do whatever we wanted, you know, to get impressions and stuff of her. And so, um, at that moment, I just thought to myself, Josh, you better change this room because Layla would not want you to live your life. Cause I live my life joking. So I'm in the emergency room. I know it says sound weird, but just bear with me. <laughs> I had this thought <laughs> came over my mind, Josh act like you have a seizure. So I oh, roll my Josh. eyes back, start acting like I have a seizure. My mother-in-law, my father come running oh over and like, what's going on here? And I'm like, I'm totally kidding, guys. It was getting way too dark in here. And they all started <laughs> laughing. And I started laughing. My wife's like, honey, I, I don't, I can't believe you. And she starts laughing. And then back in my mind, I just hear my little daughter says, daddy, please make this world better. Don't live in sorrow and grief. You've got to change people. And so that was my first impression on how to overcome, or I should say overcome, how to deal with, with move forward with, I've used humor in a way to help myself, but also those around me. And so um, I've only showed that story a few times. And every time I do, people are just like, how dare you? But I'm always say, that's how I'm able to move forward is right. and not to go to uh, drugs or alcohols. And I've spoken with a lot of individuals and um, there's two things you can do with something. You can, you can rise above it or it takes you under. And that is how I've coped throughout my life is, is humor. And so with that said, we decided to come home and um, we just started a new journey. That was the most miserable thing ever of going through sorrow. Shannon's oldest sister lost her daughter three years ago prior coming from vacation from our house. Yes, yeah, so my older sister, she had already gone through this three years before us. Her 13-year-old daughter had passed away in a car accident. And that was tragic for our whole family. But, you know, you show up as you think somebody would like you to show up. But when you go through something yourself, you start to realize how much you wish you would have shown up more. And I will tell you, my sister or my parents, they were the first ones to show up after Jared, his um, twin brother, showed up. And that was a blessing because at that moment, we were not able to show up for our children. And they were the light to our children at that time. And we didn't feel like we had to perform or be there or be present. They took care of everything. When I say everything, we were not present for probably two or three weeks. We just lived in our bedroom or lived outside or just by ourselves. And we're just 
going through a really hard time. And um, yeah, they made so. dinners for us. They took care of the house. The kids. My sister, she flew up with her whole entire family. But she has five children. That really helped During each co- kid yeah. kind of like they each took one child in and just really made them feel special and created really fun. They nurtured every child. And then so they showed up. And that was really and then my brother lost. And I loved what you said though, really quickly, because this was during COVID. Correct. They stepped out of their of the scared yep. world that people are in right. to be of service. Right. And I want people to hear that. And I don't know what I would have done if this would have been a family. My sister would have been a family who didn't come because I needed them so bad at that point. Yep. Yes. We, yeah. And having voided families, because there were certain ones that couldn't come because of that, that was very hard. So and for them we, to be there, we was, understand that some present. people were yeah. really scared, but some people that chose, like my twin brother said something I'll never forget. He says, no matter what happens to me, I could never live with myself if I didn't act. I have to be there for you, brother. And he was the one that saved me. He was the one that kept on saying, you know, Josh, you know, we're going to make this. And um, he's a jokester like I am. And so we watched a lot of funny movies. And that really helped my soul to try to get back a part of me. Because for a while there, I did not want to do anything that I liked. And my brother-in-law said something. He said, we'd like you guys to kind of get into a foundation with us. And it's all about service. And I turned to him and I said, you want me to serve others while I'm hurting right now? And he said, why do we need to serve? That, that's right? almost like an right. oxymoron to someone. Yeah. When you're we in need the midst people to take care of us. <laughs> yeah. And he said something that really changed me. He says, you're going to find out that when you serve others, you actually are serving yourself. Right. And so that for the next week, I actually woke up every day at three o'clock in the morning. I just couldn't sleep. And I would go, I was like a zombie. I'd go out walking and, um, about three days after her death, I was in my neighborhood and there was raccoons. We lived by tons of raccoons and they got into all this garbage can. And I looked over there and that thought came to my mind that my brother-in-law said is that you need to serve others. And I'm sitting there crying. I decided to pick up this trash of this neighbor. And um, it took me about 10 or 15 minutes. And I started walking away after I was done. I thought that was the, and I thought to myself, Josh, and that 10 or 15 minutes, that was the first time in the last almost four days that you weren't crying or you weren't depressed and you weren't thinking about you because you were thinking about someone else. And that was epiphany that changed me. And I didn't understand that at that moment, that when you serve others, you also are telling yourself that you can survive. You can make it by helping others. There's a magical thing that happens in service is that you serve yourself too by realizing you can still move on. There's something that you can still give and you can honor someone else by honoring your daughter or, and uh, you can honor your life by not going to these things of victimhood or why me or, or why does this happen to me? Why doesn't God love me? And, and that, that moment right there taught me that, Josh, you've got to serve to survive. And that and was a miracle. Kind of- that was such a miracle because of that, you guys have touched so many lives. We only have a few more minutes and I just so grateful for you sharing this, but I want you to tell us a little bit about what's happened with your foundation because it's, it's pretty amazing. I follow it and I see what you guys are doing. So one of the biggest things that we learned is through my sister, you know, how they navigated and they chose a road less traveled. I mean, the easiest way to it would be to get into our grief, sorrow, and just like be miserable about our life. And we've had some, the first year was very hard. So anyone that's going through loss, we get it miserable you get depressed everything but with depression i really say it's okay to be depressed and sad but don't stay there for a long time i think that is so huge because when you stay there for a long that becomes your life 
And so you have to move forward. You don't ever move on from your child or from your loved one, but you move forward and you find ways and you wake up and you decide to be happy. It's a choice that you make every day. And some days we do choose to be sad. And like today's going to be a day that's yeah. going to be a sad day, you know? So we got okay. together with uh, several other couples. My wife's wife reached out to other ladies who lost children. They reached out to me. Reached out to her. <laughs> and um, we got together and we formed a group. And this group, we helped one another. And we decided like, what can we do as a group to help? And so what we do is we actually find individuals that have, have lost, whether it's a child or someone and we find projects to honor those individuals' names. So, for by. example, um, after Layla passed away, I wanted to do my project for my daughter. And this is only a few months later. I was just ready to do something in honor of her. And it may sound, sound early or whatever, but I did something called Blankets for Babes. And so this is where we were gifted a blanket and an outfit for our baby in the hospital. And they told us that she'd basically go away with nothing on and a blanket. And so that was a big honor. We collected over 309 different gift sets for different hospitals and everything. And it was amazing mm, to be able to get wow. so many foundation, so many people, you know, donating and then delivering. Europe, we had people in Europe shipping off to yeah. here. So it was pretty neat just seeing how much people wanted to help out. Wow. But with this foundation, what I love about it is anybody that has lost somebody, their parents, their spouse, their child, it doesn't matter who you've lost. But we want to honor your child through doing a service project for them. And so what we do is we basically ask them what they want to do in honor of their child to make it sentimental for them. And then on our Facebook page, they can just reach out to us at any time. They can tell us where they're from, what they want to do in honor of it. And we will actually spotlight that child and then spend a month doing their service project. And that's our big mm -hmm. goal is to really bring back the light of that person so they can see that, do you know what? These kids or these people who have passed on, they want us to still find joy in this journey. Even though it's hard and it's depressing and sad, there's still joy and miracles to happen. So in, in closing, one we have a minute left, but we also speak every Sunday um, to individuals. We have guest speakers that have lost or have gone through hard things to motivate. And so we have individuals we seek for to speak to individuals on loss. Um, we've just literally got our 501, uh, 501C, which is... Uh, it took us over a year, um, but we finally got together. And so we are just looking for ways that we can reach out to help people needing. So that's our foundation. It just started. We'd love anyone involved. Uh, we have people that call us right now that, 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 that have lost children. And me, my wife, and those groups will go out and talk with them. We've, we've set many here locally. We'll sit down with those families. And the main thing is what we've noticed is sometimes people just need a glimmer of hope to know if yes. someone can do it, maybe I can. And Absolutely. that's what helped us. If God we can just you. tell a family that, you know what, we actually made it. And if we make it, you can too. And sometimes that's the hope people need to realize, maybe this won't take me down a path of destruction. And thank you forever. so much. We're about out of time. We're out of time. Dang. Oh, go so fast. So thank we you. want everybody to be paying attention to where to get hold of you guys. You can go back and listen to the show. It'll be put on our website. You need to know that. Doug, thank you. I know we both have lots to say, but we're out of time. Yep, that's so all right. Please Wonderful. listen Thank again, you. share the show with everybody. We want to get their foundation out there so people know it's there and available for them. And so this yeah. is so new for me. I'm so grateful because I knew what you did, but I had no idea of the details. So thank you wow. so much. So again, Thanks. love your family, everybody. Give them a big hug and a big squeeze. You just don't know how long you're going to have them. So thank, thank you again, you guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Doug. And thank we you. will see you next week. Thanks for having me. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 